Hey guys, welcome to Higher Points, and today we've got a special guest on, another special guest. They're all special guests, but we've got Cade Winnington on, and uh, he works with me at Lux. Um, I've known Caden for a long time. He's a good friend, um, and uh, sometimes he goes by Construction Kitty while he's at work. Also known as. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we just want to hear about Caden's story and uh, kind of uh, what he's been up to and what his life goals are and just we'll just let Caden take it away and uh, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself Kaden. go ahead go ahead and do the podcast all on your own we're just gonna sit here yeah we're just <laughs> gonna right, listen. Right. <laughs> so um so I'm uh I'm my name's Caden um I grew up here in Hutchinson uh I uh, graduated from Nickerson High School um I decided to run track at Hutchinson Community College and now I work with Nate at uh Lux Design and Building Probably one of the best companies here in the state, in my opinion. Um, You're only saying that because the boss is in the room, but okay. No, oh no, no way. <laughs> I'd say uh, my feelings about Lux Design and Build are probably uh, there. You go, good. Stay. How how Deion Sanders feels about uh, Colorado? You know, if you guys are familiar with Deion Sanders in Colorado, and oh yeah, just how um, and you know, and I can I see Nate smiling when I say that, but. Uh, you know, I really do. I really do feel like that. Uh, you you look at Deion Sanders. You look how confident he is in his guys. You look how confident he is in. Uh, Did we talk about this? We haven't talked Did, about it yet. No, because like I told Brandon, I was like, "We're the Colorado Buffaloes. We like, are. We're we're yes. prime time. Yes. <laughs> no, we. What I said. Hey, we're prim, the villains. Prime time. No Dion. Straight up. <laughs> That's what we are. Um. Yeah, I dude. As far as Lux goes, I I I really do. I believe in us. Just like. You know, Deion Sanders believes in Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, you know, Deion Sanders is so confident in bringing his players from FCS, Jackson State University, you know, to FBS, where I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of naysayers about, you know, the athletes that are in FCS. Um, there's a lot of naysayers towards us because we're so young. There is. We're a group full of young guys, you know. I'm I'm the youngest guy in the crew, but not by a lot. Uh, Nate, co-owner, Nate's only 27. Mm-hmm. And so, you know um, – most of the guys are between 23, 27. Yep. And then we've got... Well, but luckily, you guys have work that like speaks for itself. Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, and I, I love... Dude, I wear the Lux Design and Build shirt in Sterling with pride, uh, big time. Very honored to wear that shirt. Uh, I love walking into Casey's every morning, you know, to get, get an energy drink and get a pizza, good old Midwest breakfast. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> breakfast of champions. I was right construction there. worker breakfast. <laughs> right, like yeah. I saw, like when they were working on the highway north of Sterling, like there was tons of dudes working on that. They were all walking out with an energy drink and a piece of pizza. Yeah, like and I'm like, is that like, is that like a, a union thing? Like you gotta or something? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Part of the benefit package. It is just convenient. And I'm going to be honest, Casey's Pizza is like some of the best pizza ever. So I'm, I'm not going to lie. I really I'm do enjoy. Heaven. I I'm do in enjoy heaven some for Casey's Pizza. It. Especially growing up here in Hutch. We don't have Casey's. Yeah. So when uh, There used to be one in South Sterling. Hutch. Yeah, there used to be and it closed. And when it was in South Hutch, I didn't know the greatness of Casey's Pizza yet. So <laughs> uh, I was really, really glad there was a Casey's in Sterling when I started working at Lux. Um, that was probably the best part but you know uh walking in and wearing the luck design and build walking into the dylan's you know people people make comments like oh you guys are making great progress out at riffles you guys are making great progress here uh you know that that means a lot to me i i love being a part of something bigger than myself i love being a part of something like that that the community recognizes um <clears throat> and for me it's such an honor just to be a part of the crew because i'm dude i'm working with amazing guys you know from top to bottom i'm working with guys that uh 
you know, are passionate and bit just as passionate as I am. You know, they have the same goals in life as I do. They're just as ambitious as I am. And a big part about it is, uh, I've worked for like a, a couple of different construction companies and <clears throat> just the camaraderie and the brotherhood of, uh, everybody, you know, when you make a mistake, nobody's going to be mean to you. You know, if, if, if there's criticism, it's a hundred percent always being constructive. They may roast you a little bit. Yeah, you know, and and that's construction. You it's, know, it's with love. <laughs> you exactly, you dude. Yeah, Jansen, Anthony, Stefan, Dave, Chris, really every single person, they, every person on the cruise, they've gotten me good. You know, but uh, it's it's all with love. And uh, but I've messed up too. I put two windows in backwards. <laughs> right. Everybody roasted right. me about it. <laughs> all the bosses doing this bad, <laughs> right? Just, just living and learning. Yeah, Nate. Uh, Anthony calls me. He's like, "Hey, uh, I just wanted just wanted to let you know you put these windows in backwards." <laughs> and then that was basically the whole conversation. Well, when I was on the job site, when we realized that the windows, because well, when I had talked, I said something to Nate. He put the he put the window in by himself fast. I'm talking fast, very fast, and it just it looked different. But I was like, I talked to him about the trim, and I was like, "Oh well, the trim will." make that look different you know what i mean and then we're out there on the job site and we're looking at all the windows and we're confused and trying to figure out how it's going and finally we realized that he just put them in backwards but that's just you know that's what i love about it is we all make mistakes but it's all love at the end of the day and we know for a fact that like the a main difference between lux design and build and a lot of other people and companies subcontractors subcontractors i've worked for is a um, we will, we'll fix mistakes no matter what. It doesn't matter to us, you know, what amount of time it takes to fix it. It doesn't matter to us, you know, if it's a, it might be a huge pain in the ass to have to go back and fix this. You know, Windows is a huge mistake. Um, but even the real tiny mistakes, uh, just like we were fixing a bunch of siding and exteriors this week. And to be honest with you, there was probably a lot of stuff that we could have let go that the homeowners never would have noticed. Um, but to us, that's just not our character. That's not our integrity. Uh, our integrity is we noticed it. We're going to fix it regardless of how much money it costs, regardless of the time it costs. Because that's that dude at the end of the day, that's the right thing to do. We're working. We're building someone's house. We're building someone's office. And, uh, you know, that's how I look at it. And there's been a lot of hard earned money of their own money on that product. Exactly. Than it needs to be exactly perfect. Well, and not only that, but imagine like later on down the road when, uh, <clears throat> something breaks and they might call someone else in to fix their siding or whatever. And then they say, well, Hey, this company that built your house did this, 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 right. this, and this, and 100%. now, and now you have them going out using because that word, word of mouth. That's yep. powerful. And, yep. mm-hmm. and, and, you know, basically telling people they shouldn't use you. So, yep. yes, sir. Yeah. hundred percent. I agree. And so, you know, that's something for my whole life, I'll get a little bit off track here, but for, for my whole life, I'll go back into this, but, uh, when I got out of high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't, you know, I, I, I was very anti-college. I was very anti-work. <laughs> I was pretty uh, stuck in the middle. I didn't know what. And um, I, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, so with what I wanted to do, I realized that I want to be, I want to make a difference for people no matter what. You know, I, I didn't, I grew up a very, very humble beginning. You know, I was raised, my grandparents were legal guardians of me. My mom had me when she was in high school. My mom's a bartender, a waitress. Uh, my dad's blue collar. You know what I mean? Um, so I've, I've came from very humble beginnings. And I like, I understand the difference that people can make in your lives, whether it just be being nice at the grocery store, whether it be helping you out when times of need. You know what I mean? And so uh, for me growing up, when I be, I'll be sitting there daydreaming, you know, in school or at home or on the way home, driving anything like that. I'm fantasizing about being able to make a difference in other people's lives, how people have made a difference in my life. That's in, 
when we were talking at Salt City earlier, I didn't get the chance to say this to you, but that's why I really wanted to be law enforcement for a long time because I know it's the best way to make an immediate impact on a lot of people's lives in a positive way is, you know, doing that. Um, <clears throat> but as, you know, time went on, I realized law enforcement just isn't for me. It's not something I necessarily uh, would want to do. You know, I think it's very valiant. I just don't think it fit me. I don't think I'd be the best Well, just at like it. we were talking about at that same table, you know, we always end up having – like podcast before the podcast when we end up meeting people for supper before, but, um, is, you know, like for instance, Nate loves building houses, you know, as an example. And I do not like, I would not enjoy that work. That would not be fun to me, but you know, it's something that's needed. It's something that is hard work. You guys certainly work a whole hell of a lot harder for your money than I do. I mean, as far as physical exertions concerned. Right. Right. Um, but you know, so I mean, it's it's there's there's something out there for everyone. So don't don't sell yourself short as to you know like Definitely. choosing the right or the wrong thing. So. Definitely. And I will make a comment real quick. Uh, I can see how passionate you are about making a difference. You know what I mean? I can see how passionate you are about making your community better, making Rice County better. And for me, I don't think you can compete. I don't think you can compete with that type of passion. You know, uh, and I, I admire that a lot. I'm obviously a Reno County resident, so my uh, <laughs> my votes, you know, my vote's not going to count. But um, for me, that's that says a lot about your character and your integrity. Is is I can see how passionate you are about your career and how you feel making a difference in people's lives when for you sure. talk about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but anyways, back on back to what I was saying. Uh, when I kind I kind of started to get the idea, I realized like, well, the only other way, other way I can really make a huge difference is is to go into politics. You know, somehow be a politician, somehow change. You know whether it be changing legislation or something like that, you know, to, to help people that, uh, you know, just grew up like me, you know, to help people. Cause the middle class is dying. Uh, and it's just, it, it's, it's a struggle every year, harder and harder, you know, stuff's getting, you know, worse for everybody, but I don't believe it has to be that way. The I gap d- gets bigger between the upper yeah. class. It and does. The it class. does. And I, I hate, I'm not the type of person to be like, you know, the rich are destroying everything. I mean, yeah. do I do I think it's lopsided? Yes. Do I think there's a a, a ton of contradictions and hypocrisy within the legisl within the politics, the government legislation, and then you know corporations? I think there is huge. You know what I mean? Do I think there's corruption? Yes. But I, regardless of whatever stack against me in any sort of situation ever, uh, it's possible to make a difference. It's possible to do to change. You know, it's possible to uh uh to be be that person to be that group you know it's possible for lux and design to be the best builders in the state uh it's possible <laughs> for me to make the difference that i want to make you know politically um and so for me that's one thing i will say I, I feel like if you believe in yourself that's really the major key to success is being able to believe in yourself but i will say when you have people that believe in you um that's just almost a whole nother that's you know that's 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 a major substantial difference of to success you know it makes me want to bring tears to my eyes um but so growing up, I, I kind of realized, uh, and this, I, I don't know, maybe you might have to edit this out, but there's a lot of times where, you know, I'd be sitting in my room, listening to music, watching documentaries, smoking weed, and just, just being obsessed with wanting to make a difference in other people's lives. Uh, my, my, my high school football coach, coach Mike Vernon, he, he, he played a huge role in how I perceived, you know, a lot of stuff in life. And, uh, he has a son His son is, has dwarfism. And so when we were, I remember one day at practice, we're sitting at practice and, uh, he's just telling us, you know, how lucky we are to be able to put pads on, how lucky we are to put a helmet on, how lucky we are to be able to just go run out there. You know, regardless of whether you play or not, you're very blessed to be able to stand on the sideline, cheer for your team. You're very blessed to be able to just 
walk to the fucking locker room, put your pads on. You know what I mean? And so I remember at the end of this conversation, you know, he and he's talking to the whole team. He said, uh, help others who can't help themselves. And, um, man, that stuck with me. That will stick with me for the rest of my life when he said that, help others who can't help themselves. And uh, all of my political beliefs, which is funny because I, I do believe in the separation of church and state. I do, you know, and that's 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 kind of weird because all my political beliefs do go back to my religious beliefs and my, my belief in Jesus Christ, you know, and how I believe Jesus Christ would handle situations on this earth. Uh, but I still believe in the, the separation of church and state. It's very hard hard line to walk you know what i mean but uh and for me in john 420 you know if i'm gonna bring scripture uh to back me up john 420 <clears throat> it's probably one of the most uh you know verse that sticks out to me the most is how can you love me if you don't love your brother and sister and um you know we're all brother we're all sons of christ you know in my opinion i i believe that uh you know G- god sent his his son jesus to die on the cross for our sins and john 421 I love the verse because it's 420. <laughs> 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 Two, um, it's so true because, you know, today, and this, you know, this might rifle up some feathers, but it doesn't matter to me. Uh, you know, transgender, um, is a perfect example. Uh, you know, we see these people that maybe we're uncomfortable with. Maybe, uh, we don't quite understand, you know, there's a, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of po- politics about it, you know, that are against that. Um, mm-hmm. you see even here in Reno County. You know, there's a lot of uh, controversy, you know, over transgender, anything, LGBTQ, anything, anything, minority, anything. There's a lot of prejudice. I know at the state level they're trying to pass a bill, and actually they did, that you can only be defined female if you can ovulate, basically. Right, Is what it is in the state of Kansas. I'm not going to say whether I disagree or agree, and and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I could – it doesn't matter if I'm anti-LGBTQ, which I'm not. Or if I do support, it doesn't matter to me. Jesus Christ would love them regardless. Accepts all those people. Exactly. Jesus Christ will accept them regardless of anything. Regardless of how my personal feelings are towards anything like that. Um, I could be the most racist, racist, prejudiced person ever, which once again, I'm not. But I still will recognize that uh, Jesus would love them regardless of if my human heart yeah, would love them. I think that's – you changed your verbiage there in that last sentence that I made me agree with you. You know, the difference between acceptance and love are two very different things. I agree. You know, yep. you know, he tells that he's going to make us uh, prepare us a place in heaven, but we have to follow yep. what he has for us. Yes, and sir. if you're living openly in sin as one of the members of that alphabet soup, then I don't think so. Now, does that mean, again, I don't love you? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, does that mean that I don't want you to come to my church? No. You know, like, right. Um, right. So, yeah. So I, I agree with you wholly that, right. you know, he was with. The Gentiles who were despised. Yes. You know, so, so if we were to put that in biblical terms, the Gentiles were the LGBTQ yes, of that, that time. Of that yep. time. Yep. Just and to, just to illustrate that point. Yes. And I remember, I'll, I'll go back to like kind of my upgrading a little bit later, but I remember when I was at Kansas Bible Camp where a lot, where I spent a lot of my time growing up, uh, we talked about a story where there was a woman at the well. And man, I, you might know a lot better than I do, but I can't remember if she was a prostitute or if she was divorced or. Yeah, so she was basically living in sin. She was married to a man, but then she was like, like trying to, or she was like sleeping around, lustful, right. doing, other doing right. those other things. Right. And so, yeah. And Jesus, I and correct me if I'm wrong again, but Jesus talked to her and he, I think he asked her, "Do you have a husband at home?" Mm-hmm. And she, and he was waiting to see if she would lie, and she was honest and said she did. Is that correct? Yeah, How it goes. Yeah, and uh. So how does it go after that, I guess? So basically, he, he asks her to 
like fetch him water and all this yes. other kind of stuff. And yes. then she's she's kind of put back because she knows he's a Jew. And, and she's kind of put back by it. Yeah, like why why are you asking me to do this for you? And then he goes on to talk about how it's like he, he has living water for people and people that, you know, drink from his well will never go thirsty. Right. And right. But then basically tells her with knowing nothing about her, all the things that she's doing in sin and basically right. kind of been, tells her like not to go live in I'll sin. And then, and, then yeah. she, and then she goes back and tells everybody that she met him and then they, they come out, et cetera. Right, so, right. And that's so, kind of the woman at the well story so I, in a nutshell. It sounds funny because I don't remember the full story, but I do remember, <laughs> I remember the feeling that it left on me. I remember the influence that it left on me. And for me, it was – I took it kind of just how you said was it, regardless of anything, Jesus loved him. You know, that was God's creation. Yeah. And uh, and so that's kind of how I, I try to carry myself or how I look at, at certain situations, you know, because believe me, there's a lot of stuff I don't understand or disagree with. But uh, that doesn't mean they're not, you know, they're not my brother and sister in Christ. You know what I mean? Maybe they've just followed astray a path. Um, and it's just I just see a lot. I just see a lot of negativity and hate and, and you know, everything towards that sort of thing when uh I just don't believe that's how Jesus would handle it. Now, I do love, Nick, that you brought up you, you brought up the difference between acceptance and love. Um, because I'm 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 you know, I'm gonna be pretty strict on that too. You know what I mean? You can uh live a life of sin and and not accept Jesus Christ as yeah. your Lord and Savior. I mean, because then at, the, at that point, what's the point? Exactly. What's the point of exactly. faith? What's the point in exactly. Christ and God? No, and I like, agree. Yeah. I agree. Um but regardless of if I if I know or believe they're a believer or not, whom I'm no one to judge. Amen. I am no one to judge. Uh you can make judgments. Yeah. Like, I'm, obviously, I'm not going to let a known pedophile babysit my kid, right? 100%. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but saying, making that judgment of whether they're going this heaven or not, you know, yep. or hell or not, yep. that's and not my judgment. It's just, I try to treat everybody, uh, you know, like a human, just regardless, because I just don't think Jesus, I just try to approach every situation, negative or positive, with love, if I can, with grace, because uh, I believe that's how Jesus would. Now, do I every time? No. Am I a pretty big degenerate? Of, Part of half the time, probably yes, but uh, it's you know we all we all struggle with sin. Exactly, friend. it's not just you. You know, we're all human, um, and so I don't beat myself up at all. But that's just you know how kind of I do view life as John four twenty and that story or something that's very prevalent in my life is you know loving your brother and sister regardless of yeah, uh, and and that's that's an interesting passage because it goes on to say more in there too. You know, good stuff as well. So if right. anybody wanted to look it up. It's actually First John four twenty because there yes. is John First John yeah. Second John. Yep. So it's First John four twenty. <clears throat> I was just looking it up. So sorry, I didn't mean to derail. I'm curious. I didn't mean to derail. I'm curious. See now, I pulled something else up that I wanted to talk about. Now I gotta go find it. <laughs> um, but it, it had some other good things in there. Um, it's First John four twenty. So if we just start where Caden was talking about. Um, and it, it so basically let me let me just back up just to nineteen. It says we love because he loved us first. So I think that's an interesting piece there. Yes. Yes. Now it doesn't say that we accept or we we allow people to live in sin. Right. That's not what it says. There has to be a line. Yeah. And it says whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, and anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Right. So and first John four, and that was nineteen through twenty one. And so I love uh I, I I didn't say this when I said it, but for who God they have not seen. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you yeah. and that's how who am I, you know, to claim to claim myself as a son of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit inside me, but yet, you know, be wicked and hate towards somebody or something I don't understand. Um 
And so, you know, just as I guess, like, we kind of got into that, but that's how I try just not to be hateful or rude. You know what I mean? Whether or not, if I agree with something or not, I do understand that uh, I don't understand everything. And there's things I don't understand. And so I'm not going to just, you know, be hateful. I feel like being hateful is a, a, a very big decision to make. You know what I mean? I remember when I was young, uh, my mom, I'd say, well, I hate, I hate I hate beans. <laughs> you know, my mom would say, you don't hate anything. Cause in, and, and as I got older, I'd always be like, what do you mean? No, I hate beans, mom. But as I get older, I realize like, uh, I'm pretty resolute on this. Right? Right. Yeah, <laughs> and I still do pickles and beans. I am so anti pickle and bean. I am oh, not lying. Man, I freaking you. love pickles uh, and tomatoes. But anyways, um, you need to get out of my podcast I, studio. <laughs> you can't, you can no longer I like remain. Ketchup, I love, I, guess. I love all of those things. I got a couple of friends that make chili. Without chili beans, I love that, dude. My grandma knows to make sure dude, without chili, chili beans is not chili without beans. I That's agree. What I'm I so agree, dude. But I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Wyatt Nelson, you heard it here. Chili is not chili without beans. Yep, <laughs> chili is not chili without beans. You guys are crazy for liking beans, in my opinion. But um, you know, my mom always saying you don't hate anything. Uh, man, as I got older. That stood out to me so much was you don't hate anything because that's just it's such a waste of time, such a waste of energy spending sure. hate on anything. For you know sure. what I mean? And, it uh, only eats you. It, it doesn't does. affect that other person. You're a prisoner yeah. to that shit, yeah. dude. And uh yep. I'm so so fortunate, you know what I mean, for uh, my mom instilling that in me was you don't hate anything. And that is damn right, I don't hate nothing. Uh there ain't nothing in this world I do hate. Um and that's just, you know, always been a, a big part of me. Um and I hate, you know, I hate to, I'm, I'm human, you know, and one thing I've been struggling with a lot, I'd say within probably the last year or so was like, uh, for me, I need to do what I need to follow the path God wants me to follow, you know, not my humanly path. And growing up as a kid, I'd always be like, well, God doesn't know what I want. I know what I want, <laughs> you know? And as he, as I get older, things would happen to me and, uh, it, it wasn't what I wanted, but it was definitely what I needed, <laughs> yeah. you know. And I'm sure you've heard a lot of people Been say there, that. Been there, done that. Yes. And so uh, just uh, very grateful, you know what I mean? And that's something I've been very grateful for my upbringing and making sure, you know, I'm, I uh, Jesus Christ is involved in my life. And that's just something I've been trying to do lately is not follow the humanly path, but follow the the path that Jesus Christ wants me to, to walk. Uh, because I know it'll be better than anything I could imagine. Um but going back to, I guess, my upbringing, uh, I was born when my parents were young, you know. I don't, I really don't think my mom and dad dated. I don't think they were ever boyfriend and girlfriend. If they were, it was for a month, probably, but, uh. Were they, were they together when you were a kid? No, like, never, never. Uh, my mom was, my dad was about a, maybe two years. My dad got into, like, quite a bit of trouble when I was younger. So, you know, I think he was locked up a little bit as a kid. Uh, cause he was still a kid when I was born, but I think he was locked <laughs> up a little bit, uh. You know, he was running around, but he, my dad got his shit together, dude. I, I'm so fortunate for the parents I have. Um, but <clears throat> so were I, you, do, were you doing the like back and forth between their houses kind of uh -huh. thing? Okay, yeah, gotcha. a, a lot. Uh, you know, and I guess while my dad was running around a little bit, which I gotta say, I'm 23. My dad at 23 had a six year old, you know, so I'm like, <laughs> holy shit. Uh, so I, dude, I could never, I've got nothing bad to say about any of my family or nothing. You know what I mean? I understand what it's like. Uh, but, um, as a kid, yeah, I was, so right when I was born, like I said, uh, my grandma, she's a baker at Dylan's. She started her own, co own company baking, um, cakes. So like for a lot of my childhood on, dude, every Saturday I was going to weddings. My grandma was taking wedding cakes to weddings, you know, doing that sort of thing. Uh, my mom was always working two jobs, you know, like 
I, my mom worked at skates and Brahms for a long time. My mom worked at uh, just multiple jobs like that. Um, dude, and one thing, and it doesn't matter, you know, I want to, it brings tears to my eyes right now, but like, uh, dude, I've seen shit get hard for my mom and no matter how hard, dude, my mom never gave up there. So I'll never give up. It don't matter. Like it don't, it don't matter what the fuck I'm going against. My mom never gave up raising me. Neither did my dad or nobody. So for me, it, it just doesn't matter. I won't give up regardless of anything. And that's like so huge to me. But, uh, you know, growing up, I was very fortunate though to have my uh my nana and grandpa. Um my nana started a cake baking business, was dude successful, I guess, you know, busy all the time, constant uh cake customers coming over, um, me meeting them, birthday cakes, graduation, uh weddings, anything like that. Um and my grandpa uh and well in the house I lived with my mom had a sister and brother that were younger, so I had my aunt and uncle who were just like my brother and sister growing up as well, just a lot older than me. Um, as a kid, I feel like I matured a lot, a lot faster than a lot of other kids, just in the sense that I was never around other kids. I was always around adults. So I was always talking to adults. So as a young kid, I was able to have conversations with adults a lot, you know, a lot more intellect than other kids were, I guess, if that makes sense. I'm, I was still a dumbass little kid, but don't get me wrong. <laughs> I was also able to like communicate with adults a lot better. I felt like than my peers were. Yeah. That's the way I felt just cause I was around them more. Right. hundred percent, hundred percent. And, uh, so, um, you know, and I guess I'd like, I'd like to say something about my grandpa real quick. Uh, so I got my mom's dad, my grandpa, Daniel, he's passed away. Him and him and my mom's mom divorced before I was born. My Nana, she met a a, a man named Bill Kendall. <clears throat> He's retired Air Force. He retired from the Air Force at 38, 39, stationed in uh, Greenland. Station. So, like, my a lot of my aunt and uncles were born in Germany because that's where he was stationed. Uh, dude, and, and for me, a huge upbringing of how I am was my Grandpa Bill. Uh, dude, my Grandma and Grandpa, my Nana and Grandpa people of Christ, a hundred percent. You know what I mean? No matter what situation I'm facing, no matter what adversity I'm facing, it was pray, you know, it was always faced with, uh, love, never hate, never, uh, it was always faced with grace. Um, cause believe me, me, my mom, my aunt, my uncles, we fucked up a lot, done a lot of fucked up shit, probably, you know, messed up a lot, but, uh, it never mattered. It was always answered with grace and love. And like, I'll give a big example. I I won't go like huge into my grandpa Bill. I will say I wouldn't be in the studio right now if it wasn't for my grandpa Bill, uh, or my mom or dad or anybody. But we were financially struggling a lot, very hard. My family was. This is before I was born. But my grandpa Bill, he was at the prison for a long time. Very, you know, had a Air Force money coming in. All retired from them, and uh, he really really helped our family out. He had four of his own kids. My grandma had her had three of her own kids, and dude, he came in and loved my nana's three kids like his own uh he made a huge 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 difference in my family you know and and not even the outcome of just me but the outcome of my kids my grandkids i promise you and uh i will say this about my grandpa so my grandpa daniel my my biological grandpa he passed away within the last year uh my grandpa bill and my nana even though my nana and grandpa daniel divorced my grandpa bill and my nana they helped him out till he died 100 percent, you know and I, i don't know a lot of guys my grandpa Bill will say his best friend was my grandpa Daniel, you know, which is kind of weird because uh, that's your that's your wife's ex-husband. You know what I mean? But you won't, to me, I don't know another man in this world that will, you know, help his wife's ex-husband like my grandpa did in every way, supported him mentally, emotionally, and financially. And, uh, man, to me, dude, that just, that is, that's what, 
the Holy Spirit's about. It doesn't matter about all the worldly bullshit. Uh, that was another that was another human in need that also my grandpa Daniel is in heaven, and that was another you know brother in Christ in need that needed it. And it didn't matter about if it was my my nana's ex husband or not. You know my grandpa Daniel or my grandpa Bill treated him with love, respect, and gracious as he would his own kids. And for me, that says, dude, like that says so much to me. You know what I mean? And uh, like uh. I'm just, I'm so grateful, so fortunate, you know, for the, for the people that were around me, uh, growing up. Like my, my mom would always say it takes a village. And, uh, I don't know. I feel like my mom I, said the same thing to me yesterday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and well, dude, so Andy Frisell, he says we're obligated to success. I'm, and that was in one of his early, early, it's like episode 15. So Andy Frisella said, um, we're obligated to success, uh, because of the men and women that have died for us, you know, the uh, military, you know, the men and women that have died for our freedom. <clears throat> and I 100%, 110% agree. Um, but not just only for, you know, the men and women that died for our freedom, but both for you, goes for both of you too, you know, your parents, your grandparents, your yeah. uncles, your aunts, your cousins, not even just your family, you know, random acquaintances, acquaintances that have uh, made a difference in your life, you know, random acquaintances that have you know, helped you in any way, uh, emotionally, mentally, financially, or anything like that. It's just, I've had so, there, I could tell you guys 30 examples that would bring tears to my eyes right now of people going out of their way to help me or my family or my family going out of their way to help me. And for me, it's just like giving up's not an excuse or isn't, it, isn't even an option ever. I'm obligated to be the best I can possibly be just because, uh, dude, so many people have spent so much time and effort into me, you know what I mean? And making sure things are okay with me. And, uh, you know, like my, my upbringing probably wasn't like, I'll say this, like it would have been really easy in my upbringing for me to be some fucking dude on the streets, just fucked up doing drugs. You know what I mean? Running around on some bullshit at the same time. I got like the best of both worlds, but, uh, it was just like too many people spent time on me to, uh, for me to do that. You know, I got to be the best I could be. And so that's something I think of every day, just like, you know, my mom and dad never gave up. I can't give up either. Because I, I, I'll promise you this. My mom and dad have faced adversities 120 times harder than I have faced in my life. And I'm very grateful for that because uh, part of that is, I, I, you know, part of the reason them going through those adversities is making sure I don't. And, you know, and so I'm very thankful for that. But uh, my upbringing, honestly, was just a normal one. And aside from I lived with my grandparents for most of the time, you know, when I was eight, year old, eight years old, my mom got her own house. And then. We lived in a house uh, for about four years. We were renting it. We called it the Whittington Castle. It was a very weird property, weird house, but it was awesome. It was very <laughs> peculiar, you know what I mean? It's actually right by where I live now. But uh, then my mom, when I was in sixth grade, she finally bought a house over on Harding Street, where I'm still at, and uh, or where she still is at. And just, you know, she bought her own house very young. Or, you know, my mom just never give up. Bought her own house, made the best of what it could be. And I'll be honest, when I was younger, uh, I didn't have the night, you know, a lot of my other friends had way nicer houses. A lot of my other friends were able to go out and shop. Or had like the Nike shoes. Exactly. Or, you know, you know like I was, the matching Nike socks. I was, and, yeah, 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 getting yeah. dropped off. You know, I'd yep. be, a lot of insecurities came yeah, from, for sure. from those situations, yep. you know what I mean? Uh, and that's, that's, it's kind of, I guess, was most of that at Nickerson? All of was, it. All yeah. of it was at Nickerson. Which is kind of crazy know? because Nickerson, like, if you look at it, Compared to other schools, yes. like we're a pretty even playing field for the most part at yep. Nickerson. Yes, compared I agree. to where even I mean Hutch, 
it's probably pretty. You go to Wichita, and that's where you see some like you go to Bishop High Carroll, dollar. and you yep. see kids Wichita Collegiate. You see kids you know? driving Mercedes to yep. school. You know, yep. and that was just something my adolescence I, I wasn't would able never to buy get my yet. kid a Mercedes. Do what? I would never buy my kid a Mercedes. No, they could it, buy. I would. They could buy their own. Yeah, I was gonna say if they work hard, they buy their own. Even Mercedes. if I had the money, even if I had, the yeah, money. buy me real. one too. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I uh, we played Wichita Collegiate my senior year of football. And I remember seeing their parking lot, and it was just full of sports cars, Corvettes, Jeeps, Rams, just like you could tell the big difference between Nickerson's parking lot and ours, <laughs> which we still beat them 48-8, to eight, by the way. But And it was the same way. I mean, you look in their parking lot, and there's a lot of lot of nice cars. There's money there. Hey, let's, let's digest that for a little bit, honestly. Think about that. So money can't buy everything, right? No. So when it comes to like what your coach was doing and investing in you and all the work that you put in on the field, like for instance, and, and I'm speaking overarching here in general stereotypes just because it's il- helping to illustrate a point. There might be some kids on that team that grew up in, in a hard knock life and they earned everything they had. Right. Please understand that that's right. not what I'm doing. But like if you if you're driving the Mercedes to school every day, you likely have a nice home, comfortable. You've ate every meal, you know. You've ate whatever you want. You have whatever clothes you want. You have the best cell phone. You have all these things, right? Right. Easy and times so, create soft men. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, you just have you saw it firsthand. Yeah. Well, that's just the thing is. So when you're out there on that football field, there's no there's no substitute for grit right. and working through that pain and doing right. the work on right. the football field, right? right? You can't. Nobody can buy that. Hundred percent. And 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 I think you kick the teeth in as a result because y'all been through some adversity at your school. Oh yeah, I mean, just just in the very nature of who, how, and where you grew yes, up. Yes, sir. Bunch no. of junkyard dogs. Hundred percent. And 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 for me, dude, a hundred percent. And so, like I said, as my adolescence, I was insecure of you know my upbringing. I really was. It was it was hard for me, especially because I, I went to Hutch for one year, and so I I became friends with a bunch of people that had a lot more money. And at and when I was younger, I was envious, which which makes me sick now, dude, because. I see how a lot of those you know, kids are know now. What you didn't know exactly, you know, and I see how a lot of those kids are now. And I, dude, I'm so like, so lucky. Uh, you wouldn't even have them work for you. Exactly. No, hundred <laughs> percent, dude. Hundred and ten percent. And as I got older, I realized, shit, dude, we're all poor at Nickerson. There ain't nobody that's you know <laughs> like uh, we're all we're all in this boat. And and that's what I loved, dude. The Nickerson High pot. School. I was so lucky to go to Nickerson High School. I growing up. People told me, well, I had, I had teachers in middle school and at the high school telling my mom at, you know, my mom worked at Carl's Bar. They tell my mom when it came to middle school, don't send them to Nickerson, send them to Hutch. And, and it was teachers, you know, people were, to Nickerson, USD 309 had such a negative connotation. You know, aside from when Nate was in school, Nickerson sucked at sports. Uh, they, growing up, cause Nate's class, Nate was a senior when I was in eighth grade. So Nate's class was the very last class I watched, you know, as a kid before I started playing in high school. And growing up, aside from about two or three years, Nickerson never won. I watched Nickerson lose just every single Friday. I watched parents go home pissed off. I watched kids go home crying, dude. Like, and all my class did. And I think that just was engraved in us that uh, 2007 was the last time we went to the playoffs, right? And then your guys' years the next time. So yeah, so and so I graduated 18. So it's you know exactly 10 years, 2017 football season, and you know a lot of a lot of I think a lot of us saw that we were all back there playing football and we saw them being sorry we saw how terrible that was and that was just ingrained in our brains and uh you know like nate said we're a bunch of junkyard dogs and we were dude like i'm not the only one that had an upbringing dude i'm fortunate as possibly could be my my best friends had had harder upbringings than i did they really did um 
but that home life made us tougher as tough as we could be you know and with our coach who understood how we grew up and was able to understand that uh same with the teachers you know like people told me not to go to nickerson i'm telling you right now there are so many teachers at nickerson high school that spent their like spent their personal money spent their personal time on not just me but my other my peers as well you know and what stuff i mean for their classrooms exactly and, yeah it was it was a a family. I I'm sure have... educators across the nation do yeah. that quite quite a lot. Right. Just right. in general. Especially yeah. at yes. smaller public schools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just I was appalled at how Nick how negative of a connotation Nickerson had compared when I got there, dude. And I felt like they loved me as their own son. Uh you know, Miss Dude, Miss File, Miss Wilk, tons of teachers, tons of teachers just go above and beyond for you. It felt like, you know, you don't gotta do this. 3.30, you can be out of here. You don't even got to give a fuck about me. Uh, but they did. You know, and that that meant it's the same thing as it takes a village as me being obligated to success. is like I'm not going to let their time spent with me go to waste, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, that's an interesting perspective because I don't think a lot of people have that perspective. It's a pretty advanced perspective. Yeah, I would agree. Right. Well, and I'm to be honest, dude, like I was struggling, dude, especially the Reno relationship shit. I was struggling and uh, – Teachers took their time to stop, you know, and they didn't have to. They did not have to. And so for me, that just that just meant so much to me. That was such a godly perspective on things like that. And uh, there's a difference between a teacher trying to catch you up and get you what you need to so you pass a test versus actually caring about right, you right. and showing that they care and putting 100%. that extra time in. Yeah. And see, I never felt like they cared about you, the test. You you could see the genuineness in a lot of yes, teachers. Yes, I felt like they cared about my personal well-being above the test and everything like that. And that just that stood out to me so much. So... You know, from my upbringing, I really felt the love from like uh, Coach Kroll when he would smack me on the back of the head with his cane and, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> right do a drive by smack on you. Yeah. The, the <laughs> yeah, and that's you know Nate gets it too. Is Nick? It was a community. You know, everybody understood. We weren't we weren't necessarily silver spoon fed or anything like that. We weren't you know anything special. We were just. Did you have Kroll at kids. all in school? So I never had Kroll in school, but he uh, Coach Vernon would always have a speaker come talk to us on Thursday night, and Kroll. He was one of them, dude, and he had his hype. Uh, I can see why. If I ever bring up Nickerson to anybody else, they always talk about Curl. He was, was like the Nickerson dude. I mean, I had him all four years, and he was my seminar teacher, so I talked to Curl every day in right. high school. And, you know, like, he was my parents. He was my dad's metal shop teacher, too. Right. So he was there for 30-plus years. And, like, I went to that funeral and they had it at the Nickerson New Gym, and that place was more packed than I've ever seen it packed. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, believe just it, dude. shoulder to shoulder in there, just thousands yeah, of people you in that th- gym. Just And that is like, Kroll was the definition of the Nickerson community in yes. the Nickerson High School. 100%. It, 110%. Uh, it, it, it was amazing. Junkyard Dog. He's the Junkyard Dog, the OG Junkyard Dog for mm-hmm. us. Uh, that man, is he, he's the definition of not giving up. Like, he was still coaching football in... A power scooter. Yeah, he couldn't walk. Like, I'm telling you. That's why I said I made the drive-by joke. Because, like, he'll drive by and probably hit. Because I remember watching him practice. Run kids grade. over. Right, with yeah. that electric scooter down the hallway. <laughs> if he didn't get out of the way, Kroll was going to run you over. <laughs> I remember watching practice in eighth grade. We came to watch the football practice in eighth grade. And I was like, who's that old-ass dude in the, like, scooter? <laughs> like, who is that? Like, that's Kroll. I was like, damn, he's... He's still out here going, you know. He, what I he mean? had offers at a high school to go play football at Notre Dame, and like he was, a, he was an awesome player back in the day, awesome athlete, awesome yeah. baseball. His coach. sons are sons are amazing yep, athletes. They're as all well. they coach at Hutch, and yep. um, he, uh, I think he's got seven state titles in baseball at Nickerson. 
Like he was well put Nickerson on the map for yep. sure. Yeah, that's what I always knew Nickerson for was baseball. Yeah, that's what everyone like that says. Was, yeah, yep, and that but, that's because of Kroll. Yep, and he coached football, basketball, baseball. He was there for all of it. So I, I spent a lot of time with that man, and he went to the same church as me. And just seeing him and his family growing up, you know, it was he was the definition of like what Nickerson. Nickerson is. legend, yeah, yeah, for sure. Nickerson legend. Um, and definition of Nickerson. One thing that Nickerson left on me the biggest was a. Uh, I'm not like, and I'm glad I went there because uh, I don't care about anything. I don't care about the odds stacked against me or whatever. Whether uh, where I'm at, I believe we can make it the best. I don't care if we got sticks and boxes to make our house. I believe we can make it the best. I believe you know, with our grit and our attitude and our ambition, our we're gonna work harder. We can do it. And you know, and I brought that because uh, going to Nickerson, my freshman year of high school, Nate's senior year, they went 0 and 9. They didn't win a game. My freshman year, we won one game. You know, and so the culture shit. It's stuff. Everything sucks. But you know, me and everyone else in my class, it, we didn't care what anybody said. We can make it. We can do it. We can make this the thing now. Yeah, so, it was. It was weird. It was a weird transition. So it was like my junior year. We were six and three, one league, badass team. We were. We junior were good. Year was a badass team. And then we lost like nineteen seniors. My senior year, zero and nine, didn't win a game. Me and Cade were the only seniors. Cade was like, like he could have played fo- college football. He's like, no, I'm done. Like I'm burnt out. I was. Damn near burn. I was ready <laughs> right? to be done with football. <laughs> Luckily, I got this hair up my ass to go to Sterling and do what I did there. But then he came the next year, and it was still the same coach. Same coach, same same culture. And, know? I mean, it was it was on the downhill after that 6-3 and three season. And so they, they found the bottom of that his freshman year. And then they got a new coach sophomore year, and that's where. Yep, and so my sophomore so, year. So before we get too far down the rabbit hole real yeah. quick. <clears throat> so I'm going to go back to the like sticks and boxes. boxes and like making the best of it. First things first. How old are you again? I'm 23. Where the fuck did you find this guy? <laughs> <laughs> like, I met Caden when he was in high school. I mean, he he was. So he I've always this. known a Nate. Oh. Okay. I, I am almost 40 and you were absolutely blowing me away with this conversation. <laughs> I'll, no. And see, Nick, that's an honor for you to say that, bro, because uh, I admire both of you a lot. You know, I do. I don't even know you that well. Um, but just from what I've, you know, your character, from what I've seen and you've said, dude, I admire it. You know what I mean? And uh, so it means a lot for you to say that. It really does. Well, I mean, th- this is what, like, uh, this is like, we might get down a rabbit hole on this one. I'm getting goosebumps getting ready to talk about this. So this is like what I'm talking about. Like, when you talk about passion, like, we're getting the passion stirred up here. You, you've heard me say, like, I don't know. You maybe you haven't, but I know Nate has, and maybe other people have it. But like the the idea of the culture that I have for Rice County Sheriff's Office, should I make it to that office, is a culture that's so good that regardless of pay or benefits or in no 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 change in pay or benefits or anything like that, you have more employees applying to yes. work there than you yes. have spots available. Yes, and like let's face <clears throat> it, are 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 you probably the highest compensated? construction worker in kansas you can blame that on my boss but no <laughs> no, I'm, joking. I'm, I'm joking no i'm joking i'm not no that was beautiful that was beautiful levity to that conversation uh, but what i'm getting at is is like you could have chosen to probably with your skill set go literally anywhere else I but mean, instead you chose dude lux yes bro and and, and why is that so listen, so Nate might Nate and Brandon might like gag with me about this, but <laughs> hey, like so Nate and Brandon they gave me a big raise, a very substantial raise. For what I was making, they didn't even have to give me that. I would have came because I saw the culture, dude. I saw I was happy regardless of the financial. I was just like son of a bitch. You could have saved some money. I know, uh, but regardless, dude, the culture. Like I understood 
Nate cares about the workers harder than anybody else does. I promise you. I promise you, Nate and Brandon. So I went to HCC. I majored in business administration. I graduated from it. Uh, and the number one thing that my bu- which my business teacher is very respected man in this community. His name's Dan Nacarado. Uh, he's been a coach. He was head of HR for uh, Kroger. Um, the number one thing that he always pushed was your employees are your biggest asset. Your employees are your most important asset to the company. Your empl- if you have happy employees, you have great work. And my whole life, I've had shitty bosses. I've had I'm not I don't care. I'm not afraid to say it at all. I've had shitty bosses. I've had shitty employees. And uh, you know, when I've my whole life, I've been wanting to start my own company. I've never met a boss that has has treated his employees like how I would want to treat my employees. And so when I got there, so I've I've worked four different construction jobs. I've been I was at one for over two years, two and a half years. I was at the others, you know, just for about a half year, a little bit more. Um, I never got a T-shirt you know, with the company's name on it. Never, you know? And so my very first day walking into Lux, Brandon, the co-owner gives me four t-shirts, says represent the brand, man. <laughs> you know? And for me, that was a huge thing. Yeah. That was a huge thing. It was, they believe in me. I'm not just some no labor ass dude, you know, they believe in me. And, uh, that's what goes back to me wearing the Lux shirt with pride and honor. Uh, it means a lot to me to be working for two guys that, uh, you know, care about their employees that much. Like I, I promise you right now, if, uh, you talk to some old older dudes, you know, 20 years older than Nate, and they saw how Nate and Brandon were running stuff. They might, you know, have some quarrels with how they were doing things, you know. Because yeah. uh, we got guys that show up, you know, sometimes five minutes late. You know, and Nate doesn't say anything, but that same guy that shows up five minutes late, he's working his ass off every second of the day. Uh, he the, his, his productivity is very high compared to a lot of other people at other companies, I promise, because he knows that, you know, Nate and Brandon care for him more than that stupid ass, you know, five minute thing where, you know, I get it. I get coming to work on time. I'm big on it too. But at the end of the day, what's bigger? Your, your workers, uh, it's like, yes, I would love everybody to be there. Exactly. 10 minutes early, five minutes early. Exactly. But like at the end of the day, the first 20 minutes of work, you know, most of the time you're, you're briefing, you're talking, like nothing's happening anyways, you know, like, and so that's just like kind of a cushion, and then like we're just gonna go get shit done. So is it worth it? The question is, is it worth it to make your employee feel inferior because they're five minutes late, even though really for the first twenty minutes of the day we're just debriefing? Or you know, making them come in at like four o'clock in the morning. To right? Clean, to I clean can't the believe shop that. I can't. Um, no names like <laughs> if that ever happened to me, I just. I, I almost have a hard time believing that's true. <laughs> I just, hey, just to let you know, I was patrolling during those times. I watched him show up at 4 o'clock in the morning. So I, it happened. Okay. Eyewitness testimony me. right here. That is just so crazy to me. You know, Nate, Nate and them would never do that. And do I think we should show up at 7 and not be late? Fuck yeah. 100%. I do not think you should be fucking, like, you, like Nate said, we should be sitting down our asses in the motherfucking shop at 7 o'clock. But at the same time, dude, Nate and Brandon understand it ain't worth it to get onto somebody over that, you know, especially when he's the amount, I guarantee the amount of productivity they're, they're putting in is overweighs that five minutes <laughs> away so yeah. much. You so, know? so the only time that I could ever really see that from what I've learned from like Bill Howard and from what I've seen in my work is as the company grows, um, if you have that culture of tardiness i agree you know now you have like 12 people showing up five minutes yeah. late. remember how we were talking about 20 50 hundred thousand dollar decisions yes mm-hmm. you have now now you have an hour of lost productivity right there yeah. between right. 12 employees yeah. so so what i'm what i'm illustrating here is, is also i show up five minutes late all the time he doesn't but then like say he 
uh, this is going to be really bad. Oh, he put windows in backwards. Um, right. and you get onto him, but and not get onto him. me. Yeah. So you get onto him, but you don't get onto me, you know? So like you, you really have to like navigate that well and right. be like super aware of that. But also that's, that goes back to the culture of the culture is like, uh, the things that are important, a window being in forwards or backwards, that truly is important. Yeah, right? it is. It is. You know, yes. um, it, whereas like <laughs> in the, a lot of the, different ways, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whereas like the five minutes when we're already standing around for 20 minutes bullshitting or talking about the day or whatever anyway, like that's not important. So like it's, it's right. that back and forth sliding scale because I think there's going to be a time where Nate, uh, mark my day this year of our Lord, 2023, October 1st at, uh, 6.45 p.m., uh, that he will have a time where he's going to have to potentially take some sort of like a corrective management action no, on an 100%. employee, and he's going to be like, 100%. well, but you didn't do that with so-and-so, yeah. right? No, and I, I agreed. So And so that's a conflict that's already popped up in my mind. Uh, and so for like – I'd say I've been at Lux now. Uh, I joined, I think, like the second week of July. And so I've been at, at Lux for maybe, you know, I'm coming up on two or three months. But – um. That was something that was in my mind at first, you know. I did. It stuck out to me. I thought about it a lot. But then as as time went on and I saw how uh like everything you said I've thought about, you know. I've I cuz I've been in those situations. Um and it it it, w- it cannot always be like this. I have to stress that. It cannot always be like this, but with the group we have right now, those situations won't pop up. Um and that's just because of how fortunate we are to have the, the dudes that we have. And I'm not saying we. It's Nate and Brandon's company, but it's just my coworkers, you know. Everybody understands. Everybody's so so competent in, you can in still almost use everywhere. We. You can still use we. It we. doesn't matter where you're at in, right. a, in an organization. You can be a leader. Right, right. And and I dude, and I'll say this. Uh, I'm the bottom of the totem pole as far as... I just as... want to tell you, this guy needs to be promoted to foreman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, project lead. Um, so we've got needs... eight employees. We can't have eight foremen. That's, needs, that's the needs, issue. Like needs most enough, of these he needs guys. another uh, raise. Everybody we have right now can run their own company successfully. I, I 100% believe that. Um, But this... The way that, the way that I look at it is, we're all bought into something, and, and dude, it takes a lot to be a follower. It does. It takes just sometimes. I feel like it's harder to be a follower than it is to be a leader, especially when you got eight uh-huh. badasses. You know what I mean? That believe dude, they can. Followership lead. is so hard. It is, and so that's why, especially when you're driven. That's why we're so fortunate. That's why I believe that Nate and Brandon are so fortunate, dude. Because me, dude, my whole life I was all about fuck the boss. I'm the boss. You know, I want to be. I want to run my own company. I'll, I don't want anything other than that. I don't believe there's anybody else who has the same ambitions or goals or thinks the same or is like-minded like i am uh and then i met nate you know and i've known nate for a while i've known nate like we got mutual friends i've known him for a while but i never really was his friend or super close and got to know him very i would well. say one of the first times we probably hung out <laughs> i was probably like a sophomore in college, college. i was a he was a you would have been a freshman in college. I was a freshman in high school. It was the summer. And, like, we just – mutual friends. My best friend, Allison, she brought me. She had know. just graduated, and, like, we were hanging out at her – like, for her graduation party, which Allie is someone we're going to have on one of these days. Yeah. Okay. She'll be – she'd be a good So one. much respect, my Yeah, you guys also have a mutual friend from days past that we talked about at Sandhills today. Mutual, oh, yeah. Mutual friend. No, we do. We already <laughs> – Def- <laughs> Definitely a friend. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Sorry. Con- continue. Continue. Well, well, so the first time you met Nate, and then you you were like, Nate was F, just F always one of the bigger kids, you know what I mean? And and so and then when I so when Nate left his company he was working for previously, he was going to start Next Gen. He we, he was like, Hey man, come to Salt City or Sand Hills, we'll talk. 
And I just in that conversation, and, and not necessarily. I had always been tweeting this motivational yeah, stuff yeah. and everything, and it's like Caden Whittington. So is, I could is see, liking my stuff, dude. Yeah, because I could see, dude, from tweet Twitter. You know, he's got. I like like some people might see it cringy, some people might see it cheesy, some people might see it fake. Like yeah. I do not care. Well, it's the same thing. Sometimes when you share scripture, other people look at that and are like, Ugh. exactly, you know? exactly. It's, it's all about your for me, dude. It didn't matter to me. I respect the shit out of people that are gonna do shit regardless of what people think, you know. And I could see Nate being passionate, dude, because in my my history and my experiences like so i grew up skateboarding you know up until uh, dude i never really played sports until seventh grade i could have given a fuck less about a football or basketball or anything all i cared about was skateboarding i was very anti-establishment you know kind of punk rock took that skateboarding lifestyle on and uh i just that stuff didn't matter to me you know now as i got older i my friends i kind of got into it with my friends or whatever but um it's just like it taught me uh Damn it! No, I got lost. Um, where, where well, I... we, so if we go back, uh, maybe it help spark it. But you, we were talking about how you'd made the decision because Nate was leaving and was leaving the old company, starting Next Gen, and then you you kind of saw something in Nate because you were you were saying I'm all about f the boss. I'm gonna have my own. Yes. So like basically, I think you were trying to lead into like what Nate did or said that kind of well, you were and, like okay, I want to yes, go here. Yes, good dude. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Nick. Good job. Good job. He sparked it for <laughs> I'm, me. So, I'm, working, I'm working on active So listening. for me, you know, I was so passionate about skateboarding, and a lot of people made fun of me about it. You know what I mean? A lot of, a lot of dudes at the skate park, you know, I'd, I'd get a lot of shit about, about it. But then... It was a good thing I never skateboarded when I was a kid because I wouldn't be here in the be, podcast studio. <laughs> yeah, I'd be in a wheelchair right now. Uh, but then as time went on, I got good. And the people that were talking shit, they're, the, the tables turned. Now they're praising me. Now they're like, damn, he's good. And so... so that's interesting you mentioned that because I made a note down here about success. And Andy Frasilla says that same thing. Nobody believes in you until you do it. Do it, yeah. Exactly. And then they're like, oh, yeah, well, good job. Well, and, where were you? And, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so that was a huge lesson for me was, uh, you know, what speaks the most is results. It don't, oh, don't for matter. Sure. You know Nobody I mean? can argue with that. 100%. Andy says it all the time. Look at the scoreboard. Yeah. Look at my scoreboard. You can't. And so and something Andy talks about is, uh, dude, for me, I'm okay with all, whether it's chasing a relationship, whether it's chasing a job, whether it's chasing anything, I'll make myself as vulnerable as possible because with vulnerability, vulnerability and uncomfortableness come together. If you want to get better, you're going to be vulnerable to shit. And, uh, mm-hmm. dude, for me, I don't give a fuck. I'll be vulnerable as possible because I know at the end of the day, I'm going to get better and I'm going to grow from mm-hmm. the situation regardless right. of what the situation is. I'm going to grow from it. And so being vulnerable to me is just another thing of part of being uncomfortable. You know what I mean? And, uh, and what Andy Priscilla says is, it's okay for me to be vulnerable and fail now because I know it's in the future. You know, I know I'm going to get better. Well, I know and, I'm going to. And that's the whole idea behind 75 Hard, Live Hard, and everything he does is that whole program is discomfort. Right, right. And, and putting yourself out there because, you know, you're going out into potentially bad weather conditions. Yes. But, but also, you know, like for instance, you know, I, I was out there in the truck reading my 10 pages on the way in here, like right. just trying to like get that stuff in. Like, that's not what I wanted to be doing. That's not what I wanted to be but doing. But you got to do it. But I got to do it. Yes. You know, because I know that those incremental steps are what are going to get the results that I can show on the scoreboard, right. regardless of what anyone else right. says. Right. 100%. 100%. Dude, just like uh, how failure is not bias or failure is not, uh, like failure doesn't discriminate, but neither does success. You know, so so just think about like, Last week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I did not want to work out. I was tired as fuck. I didn't want to. I wanted to just go home and chill. But uh, I went and I lifted. I worked out. 
Dude, my muscles being built don't discriminate about how I felt about anything. My success doesn't discriminate about how I felt about anything. I, I took my like body of meat, my bag of meat, and I went there and I did it. And that's just how I look at it. Success and failure both do not discriminate. It's just mm-hmm. about action and taking action. Um, and uh, it's another thing. Another thing that doesn't discriminate is a freaking iron bar and weights. Exactly. <laughs> Don't discriminate. Dude, take like. Yeah, gravity you guys are, is gravity. You're talking to a track guy, dude. Tape measure and time time watch don't. Yep, they yep. don't lie. You can't you can't get away from that at all, dude. There ain't no teammate or nothing. It's you versus fucking time or measurement, and that yeah. shit don't lie. Uh, you get on a football field, it's the same way. Yep. It's like you watch film, you did your homework, or you, you know. If and you, you can tell. You can tell. A hundred percent. If you if you didn't go to off season conditioning, you can fucking exactly. tell. Those first few games, that dude is windy. Exactly. Hands are on his hips and you can see it. And so think about the guy that win every day and he say think about the guy that's not con- dude, think about like Maybe Jansen. No, I'm joking. But think, think about, think <laughs> hey, about the his, guy. His arms don't count. Right? <laughs> think about the guy that is big. Think about the guy that's not, you know, he's killing it at weights. He's killing it at practice. Dude, that dude could have been struggling harder than any of you know. But regardless of his struggles, his success don't discriminate. Don't don't matter. He well, went like out this. and did it. You know, like this, like that. You can't you can't argue that score exactly. It don't and matter that difference. Look, dude, that's a then that's badass, Nick. That is badass, bro. And see, it don't matter. You know the old Nick. That's what I'm saying. In between that, nobody knows how you emotionally or mentally felt. It don't matter. Your success. It was a fucking battle. Exactly. Yeah, we exactly. talked about it many times. Hundred percent, dude. And uh, you know, my dad said something. To me earlier, uh, I got a ton of respect for my dad, dude. I love the fuck out of my dad. He said something. So my, I got a little brother and sister. My ha- You know, Mason, he's in fifth grade. My little sister's in seventh grade. And, uh, you know, my dad, dude, for any little league sports, I never, my dad, and this ain't nothing against him, dude, uh, but my dad was never there to push me or coach me or help me, you know. My mom, she was going to love me regardless of if I failed or not. You know, my mom wasn't that. My mom loved me, dude. I'm fortunate as shit. I always knew if I failed, I'd be okay. But there was, I never had that, you know, father figure to, to coach really, you up. really coach me, dude. I, my biggest regret in my life ever right now is I, I quit high school basketball two years in a row. Played half the season, quit, you know, hated it. Adversity beat my ass. I cried. I was a pussy and I stopped. Uh, you know, I'm very grateful for that because I'll never do it again, you know, and it's just high school basketball. It don't matter that much. Uh, but in the moment, it's like this it, is a huge, in the moment huge it beat deal. my no, but ass. It, but it also taught you the lesson. Now you have the perspective that you exactly. wouldn't have had otherwise. And I'll never go through that again with shit that actually matters. You yeah. know, there's stuff that I'll, I'll encounter that'll be more important. Uh, my dad made a comment to me. Um, he said it says like, well, because he he told me on the phone the other day. He said, you know, when I'm out at Mason and Riley's football game, he he helps them at practice, helps them with homework. He's very involved in their life, way more than he was with me. Which I don't hold it against him, dude. He's he was 23-year-old Caden running around. You know what I mean? I yeah. can't hold it against him. I don't at all. But uh, he said, man, I just – I'm so proud of you. He told me how much you love me. Dude, it brought tears to my eyes. Was, I was having a bad day that day. It really changed my day. Because, uh, man, I, my whole life I felt like, fuck, I'm always – I'm making these decisions on my own, dude. I don't got my mom telling me. My mom, my everybody loves me. And, you know, and I had that security at home, which helped me make these decisions, but I didn't have somebody telling me, you got to do this, push yourself. I didn't have no one telling me, you're being a pussy, go out, go to fucking basketball and don't be a bitch. You know, I didn't have no one telling me that. Uh, and my dad told me, he's like, dude, I'm so proud of you for going and running track and, and doing these things that made you uncomfortable. You did that on your own. Nobody told you to do that. You did that on your own. And uh, he said, a man, he said, it said a lot of your, about your character, a man, who puts himself in uncomfortable situations to better himself says a lot about someone's character, and uh, that that meant a lot to me, you know. And that that I I, I agree with that. You got to always put yourself in uncomfortable situations to uh, my bad to to better yourself and uh, grow, dude. Because 
you know, it might suck ass. I'm, I'm in that growth right now, and shit gets hard as hell, but I know I'm growing from it, and I know it'll be worth it in the future. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's one thing, like, if somebody is going through the shit, you know, it is hard. It is hard to get out of bed. You're depressed. You're sad. Like, you know, like, if you just sit there and waller in it, you're never going to. Never. Never going to learn anything from it. You've got to pick up your bootstraps, and you've got to go. The best way I like to look at it is when 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 you see a knife that's being made, right? It starts out as this like big block of of steel or whatever, and maybe they're mixed, and they're, but they put it into the fire, right? Right. So if you if you examine and you think of yourself being put into that fire, <clears throat> you know that's an uncomfortable place. It's hot. It's 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 laborious. You know, and then it comes out, and then it gets hit with a hammer, right? That's right. hard. Yes. It's a big impact, etc. You get the shit beat out of it. Uncomfortable as shit and for that blade, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> you know and, I mean? and if it were a thing that was capable of feeling, and then and then eventually it goes back into the fire it comes out it gets shit it gets back in the fire Such and then it gets quenched analogy. it gets better and then time. eventually yeah. it gets it gets honed and it gets sharpened and now it's this big beautiful now it's knife. cutting through the competition your, dude yeah, your life is the same way if you don't make the choice because like at the end of the day nobody was going to pick caden up nobody was going to pick nate up after his divorce right like right caden and nate and nick made those decisions mm-hmm. right and right if you keep yourself in that fire all you're going to do is melt into this blob of just like no- right. formless nothingness you're going right. to be miserable and just coasting your and whole it, life exactly you know? and that's not what it's life's an existence about. exactly living and exactly dude yeah. and, and for me dude i could die tomorrow i could get hit by a fucking car on the way to work and i'd die tomorrow you know and I, I do live my life like that uh and and that's important to me is ins- I'd re- i would and dude i'm gonna be honest that's why i got out of my last relationship was just because you know i, I I broke up with my ex-girlfriend out of principle. I didn't do it because of my feelings. You know, I was still in love with what I did, and that's the hardest shit I've honestly fucking had to do in my life. But uh, I'm like you said, I'm I'm in the process of all red hot and getting beat with the hammer. You know, I feel like, but I'll come out sharp, and uh, that's okay. It's part of part of life. Um, I feel like the only time that you ever truly get sharp though is like when you're called. Yes, and you go to heaven. That's oh the- yeah. Oh I yeah, agree. I yeah, agree. I agree because exactly. Well, and if you think of it though, because our human life we're imperfect the whole time. Yeah, yeah. and a blade still very much is. It'll mm. have imperfections in it, and, right. and keep in mind that as you use that blade, it's now being dulled mm-hmm. and it's being sharpened. So it, it's it's a, also still a great analogy in the sense of that blade still needs continued work right. even after the quote He's unquote work is care done. Of. Yeah. But I guess it's funny that we're having like the podcast right now because I am. I'm. That's a perfect analogy, I believe, Nick. Uh, you know, the blade being red hot, which is funny. I think Lord of the Rings when the orcs are like down there, like sharpening yeah. the blades. That's what I think when yeah. you say that. Uh, but um, I don't know. I guess I kind of want to go to uh, going into college, um, and kind of getting into the construction industry because I told you that I uh, like I, I did business administration and I graduated. Well, my graduation year was also COVID. <clears throat> so track got canceled so i had a whole nother i had a whole free year of eligibility and uh i wasn't happy with where i was at you know what i mean i still didn't know what kind of job i was gonna get and like dude this is what i love about nate me and nate and i promise you nate is the only person that i that feels the same way i do on this situation or this kind this context is uh like me and nate nate's the only other person that's as ambitious as i am nate's the only other person that i can talk to about crazy ass fucking goals and him not be on some bullshit or uncomfortable, I can tell, you know, he, he believes in the same goals as I do. He believes it's possible to reach uh, these goals. And I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily saying, for me, and, and dude, you guys might laugh. I don't care, though. Uh, for me, dude, and I ain't said this yet, but my goal is to be the president. It straight up is. You know, we talk about Senator Congress. Like, uh, to me, that's the best way to make to make a uh, make a difference, you know. Um, 
And so I, my, so, so I graduate college and I've been running track for a while and I decide I want to go into the construction industry. This is where I really got my main like life goal that I'm still, I'm that's still in my heart right now is a, I want to start my own construction company. I want to get it to where it can run itself and I want to go into office, start running for office and try to move my way up. It's been my goal. Now it's like changed a little bit because I'm with Lux and I believe in Lux just as much as I believe in myself. You know, uh, like I said, prime time, no Dion with Lux. That's how it is. <laughs> and, uh, I, um, so I, dude, I'm telling you, Nick, I did not, Nick and they, I, dude, I didn't know, I only knew what a screwdriver and hammer was. I didn't know what a sawzall, I didn't know anything. Like, I knew nothing. I had zero construction experience. I took wood class. My teacher told me to get out of it. Like, <laughs> dude, Mr. Close took me out of wood. Like, I wasn't even, like, I don't even think it's allowed, but Mr. Close is like, Mr. Smalling, his ass should not be in here, dude. Get, get him somewhere <laughs> else. It's so, like, dangerous. It, He's going to hurt himself. I was, like, a month in. We had, like, the drill press. We were making clocks. I, like, the drill press went down too much. It picked up the clock, like, flung it through the window. And that's when Mr. Close was like, dude. <laughs> You're done. And I was like, I don't even give a fuck about this class, Mr. Close. No disrespect, but I'm never going to do this shit. Like, go send me somewhere else. And little did you know. Yeah, exactly. Dude, exactly. I know. Isn't that crazy? Uh, But, um, so I, dude, this is the most uncomfortable situation. It's, it's crazy to me, though, that they didn't teach you the basics you needed to know in high school woodshop. Oh, didn't. You know, you had to go and pay for it at a college. To learn right. that stuff. Well, yeah, that's just mind-boggling I to me agree. that it was that way. I agree well, it was. You, the, the reason that they're doing that is because they have all these extra unfunded mandates. you got to teach this. you got to teach this. you got to teach this. you got to right. teach this. And there's only eight hours in a day. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they're having to offload things like arts and band exactly. and wood shop, metal Which is shop. Sad. You know, Which like, is sad. Like when I – like their schools, like their I, – I did welding in school. There was small engine repair. There was automotive and there was like body shop repair, like wood shop and stuff. Like they don't have, like they still have some of those things, but like they're, those are the things that get not as effective or substantial, you know, in the sense that I know my dad had a lot of that. We had wood shop, metal shop. That was it. I learned how to, in metal shop, I learned how to make a toolbox and do these other little projects, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but they did have auto body. I mean, still at the back of the high school, they've got those big garage doors where the auto body shop used to be. And it's just. I can't tell you it's not being used anymore. I can't tell yeah. you he, even though those small like for instance like small engine repair like when it comes to a small engine it needs three things fuel air spark that's it right yeah. to to run and so and of course there's like more to it tearing apart but how many times that's helped me throughout life mm-hmm. to diagnose problems cuz I'm working that process the same way you would in a small engine even if it's not a small engine like let's say it's a computer that's not working okay what does it need okay it needs power Okay, the internet's not working. Is it plugged into the internet? You know, all those things that helps you like that problem solving. And I think that is what is kind of like lacking with some of – because they get into that common core math or whatever. And let's be honest. Do it like this, you know. Like a school like Nickerson. You're going to have more blue-collar workers come out of a school like Nickerson versus a school like like Andale or Bueller. Yes. You know, so why why would you not want to focus exactly. more on the blue collar well, stuff in a school like Nickerson versus and, those other and, ones? And kind of how I felt was, dude, a lot of those kids grew up on farms, grew up already doing blue collar shit. They grew blue collar dads, and so like a lot of them, uh, so far ahead of me. You know, a lot, dude. I felt like Mr. Close felt like you didn't need to teach anybody. You know, it's like go make a clock, use these tools. Everybody knew yeah, how to. I everybody feel like should have known how me, already. You yeah. know, uh, mm-hmm. and that's how Nickerson was. Tons of dude. Nickerson's produced so many. Hard ass working blue collar dude. So many. I started driving a tractor guys. when I was twelve years old. See exactly. You know, and so, that's one of the things that like also, I came in. I was one of those kids. Like I knew how to use a lot of this yes, shit. Already. Yeah, and that's something that makes Nate a great boss. Is he's you can tell he's a farmer. Very resourceful. Very. Uh, my senior year, I was up for senior homecoming, and I you, you get like a quote, you know, to say, 
and it was Dwight D. Eisenhower, and it says, uh, do what you can with what you have where you are. You know, and uh, that's like what a farmer is to me. Them farmers out there, they're making it work regardless of yeah. uh, anything. You so know? what you're saying is Nate's Nate's way of doing things is bailing wire on a lot of things. No, it's not. But it's just like uh, for, for the He's way being I look resourceful. At it, Nate's we're if we get stuck at something, uh, like what was it when we're the telehandler with the trusses? He like he welded together uh, like uh, something. The, the boom to go on the front. Yeah, of it. he welded together the boom to go on front of our telehandler to lay trusses. Like I don't know anybody else doing that at all. You know, at all. I don't even know anybody else laying trusses with the telehandler at all. But like, it was so efficient. It worked so well. Three man, we were doing it fast. You know, we we like we like laid the trusses on the riffle house in like one and a half days or one day. I can't remember. We did it fast though. And it's just like, that's the sort of resourcefulness that makes it easy for me to buy into Nate. You know what I mean? It makes it easy for me to believe in him. It makes it easier for me to follow him. Uh, and that's what it was like. It. So I went to building trades. I graduated school. I got my degree and, uh, I went back to do track. I love track. You know, it was taught me a lot. It was tough. It made me strong. And like for the first part of track, I was broken hearted. And it doesn't matter what a tor- what sort of emotional pain you're going through. If you're conditioning, you can only think about air and water. <laughs> yeah. and so, so that dude, that helped. You know, it really did. It put a perspective on shit big time for me. Uh, track kicked my ass in terms of I was the lowest person on the totem pole every day. I walked on my first year. I didn't have a scholarship. Second year, I had a full ride. Or a full ride, I'd say my all my tuition was covered as far as education went. And um, so, like, uh, track, you know, taught me to never give up. Never. I, it was the same thing. I put myself in an uncomfortable situation, walked on. Got my ass kicked. I was like the only guy from Kansas. There was only like three or four dudes from Kansas. And it was just like, uh, okay, I'm the worst, but I'm training with people that are better than me. I'm going to get better regardless of anything else. Uh, and that's how it was at building trades too. You know, my first day I started, I was the oldest kid in there and I was an athlete. Like I'm, I had a big ego. You know what I mean? I was like at that time, at point in track, I had a big ego. I had a girlfriend. I felt very confident in myself. I was cocky about everything, but except for this and dude in building trades, I'll give you an example. Like humbled. I, uh, <laughs> bro, worse than humble. Like, uh, my teacher, Mr. O'Neill, I, I didn't know how to put a drill bit in an impact, which that sounds like the stupidest shit you ever heard, dude. <laughs> like, but I didn't know. I didn't know how to put a drill in an impact or drill, but I didn't know it was Zaza, a Zaza. Like first day, my teacher told me, go grab the Zaza. I'm like in the fucking trailer looking up a Zaza on Home Depot's website. Like, what the, <laughs> what the fuck does this look like? You know? And that's no shit. I was, uh, and like one day I asked Mr. O'Neill, I was like, Mr. O'Neill, how do I get the drill bit into this? He just like pulls it, puts it in there. And then this one kid, his name's Darian. We're good buddies now, but Darian, he was 16 at the time. He's a junior and I'm 21. I'm, I'm able to drink, dude. I'm like partying. Like I feel really popular and this, He's my buying alcohol for the underage. My ego's big and <laughs> dude, Darian goes back. All the classes sitting in the kitchen of the house we're building. You know, we're about to leave and Darian goes back to the class and he's like, this fucking retard cane don't know how to put in a, in a, a bit into an impact, you know, and. Dude, like, it was like that every day, you know, but for me, it was hard. It was hard to get made fun of by high school kids. It was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that sounds ridiculous. Like it, you said, humbling. Yeah, it was like, you know, almost more, but, uh, dude, then, then I was graduated. I'm at work. I know. I know how to put a drill bit in. I know what a sauce looks like, and I know more than that. You know what I mean? And so for like, it just, it doesn't matter the adversity. If you can believe in yourself and just like get past that stuff, you can be okay. And like, uh, I can't believe the amount of, uh, progress i made from there to to being with nate you know what i mean uh, it's just for me dude if anybody if you're listening you're worried about anything like that just don't give up consistency is what does the best uh consistency is what you know you'll start to see those results before you you know you won't even realize um 
just consistency was was the key for me not giving up and that just all all went back to i'm never a never direct path either never never hell no um it's just not giving up to me you know is the biggest thing stuff gets hard but uh you just got to stay to it, you know, and at the end of the day, I just believe two things. My mom never gave up, so I can't give up. And also, if I die tomorrow, I'm going to heaven. So really, all this bullshit don't matter anyway. So uh, <laughs> so and, what So what would be like maybe like a 5, 10, and even 20-year goal for you? That's a good question. So like and, – and Brandon, I feel like, asked me that not that long ago with Nate. Uh, 20-year goal – I'll start with five. So five-year goal, like within the company um, – for sure, I still want to be with the company, you know, as far as work goes. Like, five-year goal, I definitely I definitely want to have a girlfriend in five years that I can take serious as well as far as, like, building a family. Because that's something that's very important to me. I just don't want to build a family or have kids with the wrong person. You know, that's something that's huge to me. Uh, so, five years, I want to say, like, as far as Lux goes. I'm just saying as far as you go. As far as I go, I want to be happy. That's, like, I guess the main thing. I don't want to be happy. I want to be happy and not be broke, but. Uh, it's hard. I could live my whole life right now how I am and be okay. You know, I could say exactly how I am right now. I'm happy as I am. Like, but there's this interview with Bob Marley, and I, I hate to say it sound complacent because I'm not. I'm always gonna be going better. But how fortunate I am, it'd be almost disrespectful to be like, oh, I'm not. You it know, is. Like, it is okay to be like satisfied with your app, but to also want more. Yes, I think Andy actually talked about and, that. And that's, I do more. want more. I'm not trying to say I don't want more, but I am saying like, the, I'm so thankful and grateful and fortunate. You know what I mean? To be where I'm at right now. I could live this, live the way I am right now and be okay, you know, and live a happy life. But that's just not how I am. I'm going to go hard as shit and do the best I possibly fucking can. Uh, but, um, at five years from now, I want to be working with Luxil. I want to be happy. I would like to have a girlfriend. Uh, that I could like, you know, see a future with and see, see like real family building with, um, uh, five years from now, as, as long as I feel, as long as I feel rich and like that doesn't, that's not necessarily that that's really it. If I was going to give you one answer, as long as I feel rich from five, 15 and 20 years from now, I'll be okay. And, and by rich, I mean, uh, dude, there's this like, this is cheesy, but there's this interview with Bob Marley and these guys ask Bob Marley, they're like, so do you got money? Like like how much money you got you know they're like are you rich or you got money and he goes bob marley's like rich he's like i'm all, already rich you know without money and and i i wholeheartedly feel that way you know i do i'm i got like i do i want more money fuck yeah do i want to drive a lamborghini do i want to have you know 30 acre property with four wheelers and side by sides and a badass fishing pond and all that shit yes do i want to be ridiculously rich yes uh um, do I want to be the richest person in my bloodline ever? Yes. Do I want to be the most successful person in my bloodline ever? Yes. And I'm not even talking, dude, if there's ancestors watching me, I want to make them proud. You know, do it for your ancestors. Do it for your bloodline. Do it for the Sowers and Hyatt bloodline. I'm doing it for the Whittington Meyer bloodline. That's how I look at it. And, uh, but as long as I feel rich, you know, and financial just isn't, it's whatever. I do want that. But as long as I'm not rich right now financially by any means, uh, but I do feel rich, you know, and soul spirit health, family, love, all those things. And that is what matters the most to me, regardless of anything. Zach Bryan, dude, he he tweets all the time. It's like life is just always wanting more. You know, we're always going to want more regardless of anything. And and I think that's good. I hate to sound – because, I'm, dude, to me, I view myself as a killer. I'm going to try to do the best I can and kill the competition and get what I can and grow. You know what I mean? But also, I think there, it's important to, like – understand where you're at and understand how fortunate we are <clears throat> understand how fortunate i am to be where i'm at right now you know what i mean uh it's like a fine line between being consent 
and wanting more. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. if I was going to say 20 years from now, five years is hard. If I was going to say f- if five years from now I want to be uh, moved out, own my own property, and like owning my own property, 10, 20 years from now, like I believe I can be a millionaire before 30. Uh, and like I'm sure, you know, you guys like Nate said he wants to be a millionaire before 40. I think Nate can be a millionaire before 40, definitely. Uh, <clears throat> and do I know how to do that? Fuck no, I don't. But do I believe that if an opportunity arises that I can do that or Nate can do that? Yes, I do. Uh, do I believe that God might present the opportunity? Yes, I do. If he doesn't, though, it's whatever. But I'd say in 10 years, I've been saying this since I was 17, my goal is to have a, th- a million dollars in a checking account, a million dollars of assets, savings, and checkings uh, before I'm 30. That's my goal. Am I close? Fuck no. Not even <laughs> not even 0.5% close. But as far as knowledge goes, dude, I think I am getting there. As far as mindset goes, I think I am getting there. As Building far as foundation, exactly, so you can exactly. I I do. That's that. Like I was telling my mom the other day, I people look at me crazy. They're like a million dollars, dude. Like people look at me nuts when I say that. But it's have you guys heard that deal of the, like they talk about the red car theory? Yeah, I yeah. I saw I it on it. TikTok or Instagram or something. But it talks about so like how many red cars did you see on your way here today? It's like you don't know. I don't. Like you can make it. You can make a guess. I saw five. Right. You know. But if I told you before you left, I'll pay you a hundred dollars for every red car that you count on your way here. I'd be looking for them. You'd be looking for them. Right. Yeah, and that's what they say. Like you need to be like a lot of people aren't trained to look for opportunities yes. like that. Yes. And I feel like you've got the mindset to be looking for those opportunities. 100%. That's another thing. I think all of us look for those opportunities to right. be found. Right. And like, I'm going to be honest. Like I've gotten to a point. Like I look. I've seen so many opportunities. Yeah. It's like, I got to choose a path because, yeah, dude. Like, once you really start looking, there's so much opportunity to be taken. Like, if you do not focus on one path, one or two paths, right? It's overwhelming. And I agree. And so, you know, the, you know, the term stay in your lane. Yep. Dude, I found my lane. I think Nate has too. We're in the construction industry. You know, Nate's in the construction hemp and podcast industry, but, um, you know, uh, that's how, you got to, I, I think I'm, and I'm very fortunate. I think I found my lane within the construction industry. You know what I mean? Like I, I would like to be a salesman, you know, some point down the line. I think, uh, I think I could grow, dude, for me, it's not even about, I hate the term salesman, you know, uh, for it, me, it, and it's weird for like being salesman, like selling new construction builds is versus like being a salesman for like high point farms product. Yes. Like it's, it is very, very different in the yep. way you're selling those products. Yes, I mean, it you're, is. it's both sales essentially, but like, it's like you're selling a product versus a service pretty yes. much. Yes. You know? and, 100%. And it's, it's just a lot more than just being just a salesman. Sales yes, up. it is. And, and that's why I don't like the term salesman, you know, uh, but that's, I, that's what I'd like, you know, to, to be something like that, uh, you know, as far as that goes. But if, if in 20 years, if I had a, I have a family. I will say this: in twenty years, I'm twenty three right now. If I'm in forty three, I don't have kids and a wife. I'll be fucking sad. <laughs> like, uh, I, I really would. I really wouldn't. That's something that I really do want. You know, as a wife and kids. Uh, and I did. I had the chance to get married. And I had a chance to do all that with an amazing woman. Um, there were just some principles that I couldn't get past. You know, that I had to. I couldn't go against my gut against, or I had to go against my gut against. I don't know. Um, and so like I, and even that, you know, I wouldn't be if I wouldn't have gone out of my last relationship i wouldn't be with nate i wouldn't be here either you know i wouldn't even be living in town anymore and so it's just obligated to to success and like if in 20 years if i can still have this mindset you know and stay positive and happy i'll be okay for sure 
So is president more like a 30 or 40 year goal then? Well, 2036 is the first year I can run. So, uh, if I can be, if I could, uh, I don't think I'd be running by 2036. Like I want to, I think the first step to me going into politics is going to city council meetings, you know, and sitting in city council meetings. And I see a lot of people bitch on Facebook and Twitter, but nobody's ever at a city council meeting or taking any action. Well, until, until you have like, you know, like the Sterling's library debacle. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect example. And and then then people really haven't been coming since. Since, Exactly. I, I said my, my five minute thing and then I left. Well, would you agree or disagree on this? There's just as equally important shit going on at the other meetings people aren't going to, right? Yeah. You know, and so... Uh, or more important. Exactly, exactly. And so uh, that's that's something I think is, is taking the first step is going to those. Um, but I, I really don't. I And this sounds nuts, but I don't think it's, uh, you know, out of the question for me to run for president. I don't. You know, that sounds ridiculous. Uh, I don't think it sounds ridiculous. Well, I thank, think it's thank uh, you. an admirable goal. Thank you. And, and I just... Uh, you know, and, 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 and it's, and I, I found like Lux, you know what I mean? And that's, that's to me is a major, I finally feel secure in my job and my career. And that means, cause here's so the way I see me. it is, is we, we've had quote unquote politics, you know, and I am one now. Right. And so you, I've said many times politics, break it into its pieces, poly, Latin for many, ticks, blood sucking animals. So we've had, I a never lot, knew that. A, that is, dude, that is crazy. Um, uh, Red Skelton said that. I can't take full credit for that. Um, Red Skelton's an old school comedian. Um, but yeah, Polly is Latin for many and ticks and, you know, they're blood sucking animals. Yeah. So, so politics are many blood sucking yeah, animals. Perfect, perfect so name for it. We've, we've, we've spent the last probably better part of a, a decade ish now of being lied to and, and with right. the flow of information that we're I seeing agree. through, through podcasts and social media and stuff of, of that. So with your genuineness, I would I would encourage you to not change anything about your genuineness and what you're doing because I think that is what's going to align with people more right. than I've been the governor for 35 years. Right. Well, congratulations, you were a governor of a shithole that you know, like for instance, Biden. Like, I, I, you know, vote for me, I'll change. Right. I'm like, bro, you've been at this for 40 fucking years, and you haven't right. changed a single thing. No, exactly. And no. so I think that your genuineness and, like, what you bring to the table is what people would align with. Right. So that would be, like, a strong suit of what I would see in you no, when hell it comes yeah. to that. Because hell yeah. you're, you're just going to be like, here's what I am, here's what I got, here's what I want to do, you know, right. versus the vote for me, and I'll change ever the whole world, you know. Right, and it's I think I do believe it's worse to lie and get something your way than... <laughs> Because I believe me, I've lied and been fake and gotten my way, and the fucking guilt's not worth it. You know, it's not the guilt and being ashamed isn't worth it. Uh, I'd rather take an L and be honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, so in the comments, we need people need to be hashtag Caden for president is what we need. Yeah. To see in no, the straight up twenty thirty six. Uh, you got you got to be over thirty five to run. So I'll be thirty six when that election comes. Sweet, up. Sweet, I can uh, run for president. Maybe I'll run against you. No, you could, dude. That'd be tough. <laughs> you, might, you might take my fucking job. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> yeah I, I think you got me beat there for sure. You know, I mean, especially as far as how how driven you are. Like for me personally, I have that same feeling on a smaller scale. Right. Um, I've said many times on the podcast, if we could get good men to stand up in their little corners. Right. Like, so if you could get a good men to stand up in Rice County and good men to stand up in Reno County and Ellsworth County and Chase you know, and all, so on and so forth. Right. Then the control that has been exerted over us would not be possible. A hundred percent. From, from that political level. And so like I have that same drive, but just for Rice County. Like I I don't have the drive to do, you know, president. And I'm not trying to tell you that you're wrong or you shouldn't. I know. But I see that. I see that. And you do from your post, from stuff on Facebook. I can tell you're genuine. I can see, uh, 
you know, like, and, and I'm, dude, it's, if you ask a lot of people that grew up with me, I'm someone that's been very, 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 uh, like, I've had a lot to say about police, you know what I mean, yeah. in the system. You know, I'm not anti-police or defund the police anyway, but I'm also the type of person, dude, if I see something wrong, I'll say something, yeah. you know, regardless of what anyone says. And when I see... Well, uh, I, just to let you know, I've submitted and charged cops three times. And see, so I know. think that's badass, so, I mean, dude, and, and I love I that. I agree. Uh, I, I'm with you there. Um, And it's just the accountability, you know what I mean? And I can see your genuineness as well of how you feel about, you know, helping the citizens of Rice County. And just like I told you at, at, the, uh, at Sand Hills earlier, it was like a... I really, really agree with what you said about, you know, it's not just going to be post and, you know, once a month community meetings and shit like that. It's every single day interactions that's going to make a big difference. And I 100% agree with that. To me, when you said that, that's, um, that to me, when you said that, that's you saying, I'm willing to work at my job every day. I'm willing to do the yeah, hard shit right. every day. I'm willing to do what matters every day, you know, because, uh, dude, your job is so important. You know, I'd like to tell you right now, like, uh, my mom, or my dad, you know, especially my mom, my mom got pulled over. Just, you know, anything terrible happened, that make or break someone's life. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, you, you, I, I use the analogy quite often is I literally have someone's life in the palm of my hand. Yeah. I can choose to take the butterfly and let it fly or squash it. And so true. I mean, in the sense of like, I'm not saying that like I'm I'm God. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm what I'm getting at is that that arrest can be the difference between whether they retain their job yep. or not, whether yep. they retain their marriage or not. Yep. Whether they, you know, so on and so forth. Right, 100%. You know, whether they're able to afford, a, like, for instance, DUI, that's that's a mandatory arrest. I can't make a decision there. Yep. That's a mandatory arrest. Yep. But those are expensive, and, and and that's not lost on me. So, like, why am I being rude to you in something I know that's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars? Right, right, 100%. So, anyway. No, I love that, too. I love that. And, and, and those, dude, people, I'll tell you right now, people remember those law enforcement officers that are like that and, you know, and have that sort of uh, – attitude and mentality because i feel like there is a lot of like you know dicks that maybe don't care necessarily or whatever uh but yeah no and i, I get a duirs is a that and, and, let's see okay i got a question i guess so it's a fine line to walk though huh because uh like maybe you see the act the con okay so like maybe you see the consequences of of their actions obviously they, they made actions they have to be held accountable but also uh you see the human side to it too, you know yeah. what I mean? We're all yeah. humans, we make the mistakes and it might cost them. Yeah, that one I look at through more of like a greater good perspective because I personally see DUIs as precursors to murders because how too. often Bro, how often too. do we see too. DUI people that are, you know, killing themselves or others, others yeah. through, through too traffic much. crashes. Way too much all the time. So if if I'm removing that person from the roadway and even if they win their DUI in court, like fantastic, I don't care. Yeah, like, that, that doesn't affect that me. That doesn't affect me. You took them off the road that yeah, night. Yeah, I took yeah, them off the road that night. So I, I look at that from the uh, do I see the human side of it? Yes. Do I try to do I tr try to treat them like a human? Yes. You know, I mean and you, you typically with me, you get what you you give. And right. and and not always, because I've been treated pretty poorly in the past and still given grace and love and respect. Right. Um mm -hmm. But, you know, there have been a few times that I've had to tase people or throw them down or whatever. Right. you got to be rough but with it, but in But in 20 years of doing this, I think I've done that like five times maybe. Right, right. Um, and I've had hundreds of thousands of interactions with people in that time. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely um, – I, I look at that through a greater good perspective. Yeah, yeah. So. And, and that's just something I feel, I feel like I would struggle with is, is not necessarily DUIs but just walking that line of, well, Fuck, they're breaking the law here, but I can see. Yeah, I understand the situation. You know what I mean? Because I have think that, you have that empathy for those other. Yeah, here, here's yeah. here's the key to that. Um, and and let me like remember when I told you at Sandhills, there's no shortcut for experience. Yeah, I love that saying. Um, too is here's the experiences. Number one, everyone in our society realizes that society has rules. Yes, whether that's speeding or 
don't touch little kids or uh, don't drink and drive. Right. They know <clears throat> that society has rules. Yeah. And they know that there is punishment and accountability for those yeah. rules. The part that they hate is when I apply the law differently to Nate than I do to you. Right. So I let Nate go home. I give Nate a ride because he's my buddy, but right. I arrest you. Right. So as long as you're taking that law and applying it equally across the board. Hell yeah. You know, um, and, and, I, and I can tell you that from experience because there's a lady that uh, I work with now that I really like her. We talk a lot. We're, we're, we were, I'd say we're acquaintances. We never, her kids have been over to my house. We haven't ever really hung out, but I stopped her know for speeding. Know each other, you know. Yeah, I stopped her for speeding one day and I'm like, hey, like, I just want you to know, like, I really like you and I respect you, but I'd write this ticket to literally anyone else. Right. And so her husband was a little displeased because he's like, well, he's one of our friends. And she was just like, no, like, he would do that to anyone right. else. And so that kind of diffused that where it was like, oh, okay. Right. So, that that's the key there for any any law enforcement officers that may be listening is if you're going to apply the law just apply it to everybody to everyone yeah. the same yeah and so especially I, politicians oh 100% yeah <laughs> and and like a bunch of my closest friends you know some of my, two of my closest friends are in a law enforcement uh you know and so some of my other friends which I was with like well you know TJ he won't I'll be all right if he pulls me over you know I'm like dude I like I you know no like they're going to hold us accountable you know to the to the law, like I and somebody I like Nate, I'd probably hold more accountable. Yeah, hundred percent. Because honestly, I do, exactly, Nick, I don't expect you to give me like what jeopardize your job, give me some shortcut because I was a dumbass. You know what I mean? I don't expect that at all, ever. Uh, we, I, you reap what you sow, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Um, now that saying's a little bit different because I do believe there are things in this world that can happen that you're not in control of. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, for the most part, you do reap what you sow, and we got to be held accountable. You know what I mean? Um, and so uh. I think it is a hard fine line. Uh, I honestly, if I was a cop, I'd probably be letting too much people off. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but I do have to admire uh, holding it equally to everybody. I really do because it'd be hard. I feel like to not. But the know. interesting thing is, like, um, I had an officer come to me one time. He was a young officer, and he was kind of looking. I shouldn't say he was looking up to me. That'd be the wrong words. But he was kind of coming to me saying, like, I'm not the same cop as you. Like, for instance, like. He didn't write tickets as much as I did, and he didn't do cases as well as I did, and stuff like that. Right. But um, uh, I'll, I'll just tell him because it's it's I'm speaking well. His name's Justin Carter. He's getting ready to actually come back to our department, and like this guy is Michael Jordan in the finals when it comes to kids. Like right. that guy connect with kids. Like there's nobody better in this freaking world right. than that right. dude at connecting with kids. Period. He's going to be our dare officer. I can't do that. Right. I cannot connect the same way he did. So. People like you would still be admirable in a law enforcement organization, number one, because of your perspective and values and your integrity. That's the most important pieces of the right. equation. But imagine if every single cop on a department was a hard ass that only wrote tickets, right? But imagine if every cop was on the opposite side of the spectrum where they didn't do anything. Right. Now you're going to lose community trust. So having that conglomeration yeah. of all of those people helps balance that scale yeah, and creates yeah. that dichotomy. No, that gives me a greater perspective on it. So, I mean, so I wouldn't sell yourself too terribly short that you wouldn't be admirable <laughs> right, in a right, job like that right. because, I mean, you're bringing a piece of, you know, your puzzle to the overall equation. Right, right. So. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Just a perspective. I, I love right. your open mind. That's one thing is is the open-mindedness is definitely uh, like a – I hate to use the word attractive. That's not it. You know what I mean? But as like, you know, as, as a, as a law enforcement officer, I think that's something that I, I really like is, uh, 
being able to have an open mind about yeah. it 100%. Easy. Tell your Nick, friends, keep, vote for keep, me 2024. Yeah, Hashtag. keep your shirt on over there, Nick. Come on. <laughs> Nick's hours. <laughs> Nick's hours. Well, um, you know, is there anything else that you want to add? Anything that we haven't asked or haven't uh, no, I just, haven't done? Other than that, I think you guys are awesome, and I appreciate you having me on here. Uh, yeah. It's definitely been an honor to be on High Point. We'll the have higher you on points. A, we'll have you on again one of these days. Yeah, I would really like to pick your brain. Uh, yeah. sometime I'd like, on, like, I'd like, like that political too. spectrum yeah, of I would like the too. president and like you and I would have a lot of stuff to say yeah, to each other. I think it would be I think it would be fun. Uh, yes, Nate, Nate wouldn't even have to be here. He's just an optional person. Right. So he'd um, be the mediator. <laughs> like Nate said in the last podcast, I'll just show myself to the door. <laughs> um but uh but yeah so I just want to first of all say like um you know, I'm blown away by this conversation. Like, holy cow. I never thought it was going to be this. And this is the one of the many reasons I love podcasts because this is not the first time this has right, happened. Right. You know, I mean, and, and, and again, just speaking overarching stereotypes, like, you know, you're the, the tall, skinny dude with the long hair the and like the, the easygoing <laughs> attitude, right. you know, and, and all that other good stuff. And, and so like, I mean, if Nate wanted you here, I was like, okay, I know there's a reason, you know, yeah. but I didn't know if it was like, trauma in your past or something or like i I had no idea so that's kind of why i was asking him questions right you know and and we we have met before but like we've never really conversed like this in any way shape or form yep um and i'm just like i'm telling you my friend if you keep doing what you're doing with the ambition and the drive that you have uh, i'm gonna be looking forward to calling you someday saying mr president i have a question no and that dude that means a lot to me nick because uh you know that means a lot more than you'll know i'll be thinking about that for a long time um and it's dude it's an honor to hear you say that it really is uh it means a lot to me because your your opinion you know i've listened to a lot of the podcasts and uh you're someone i definitely admire you know and your integrity and your character and how you handle shit same with nate too um it's definitely definitely a huge huge honor to be in here um if, uh, so is there any way you could sign some autographs now so that when you right, make it, maybe yeah. we, 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 they're worth more? I guess, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, I mean, we have your p- paper on the uh, pr- uh, the contract you signed. I mean, we, we've got yeah, that you go. Just, signature and my on initials, too. Uh, <laughs> initials, too. It's, ex- it's extra for the initials. Right. <laughs> if I was going to say, uh, dude, if I was really going to say anything, it, it's really not even necessarily towards you guys. It's just, dude, if like, Anybody's listening right now, uh, or, or, you know, to the people that are listening, um, just like believe in yourself and understand like whether you think, uh, you're by yourself in your corner by yourself, you know, and everything's against you. You're literally anything emotionally, you're fucked up, you know, mentally, you're fucked up, you're financially fucked up and there's nobody, uh, you don't got anything, you know, if you're somebody that feels like you're alone and there's nobody that can relate to your situation, uh, or relate to your adversities, or re- relate to your hardships. Uh, it doesn't matter if they can't, if there is or anybody or not, you might be alone in your hardships, but, um, you're still able to go and do it. Just believe in yourself and keep going. And I promise that you will be surprised. We're humans and, and humans, uh, definitely have the ability to survive in advance. That's like the biggest. We are resilient. Resilient as possible. I promise you will, sur- you will surprise yourself, uh, if you just don't give up. And survive in advance. That's it. Really. I would say that everybody in this room has probably surprised themselves at one time. Oh, 100%. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big time. Big and time. continue to do so from time to time. Yep. Yes. Hell you yeah. know, especially like when words of affirmation come from Nate, like in the last podcast, like that to me was like out of left field. And it was just like, right. whoa, you know, right. of like, oh, okay. So maybe I am doing some things right. Because I'm constantly like trying to reevaluate that. So Right. Like, no, and and right. the words of affirmation helps because, yeah. dude, That's... just from both of you. You know, Nate, dude, Nate's 
Nathan, dude, as far as my like mental health goes, like comments from Nate, my coworkers, and you know, even you tonight, you know, helps a lot just in terms of uh, because sometimes you just feel you can get down on yourself. Yeah, you know, for sure. Humans, it's you know? easy to do, and, and so it's it's great. That's something I'm blessed with Lux too. Also, before we ended, like, there's a lot of constructive criticism on Lux, on Lux, and a lot of shit talk, but uh, people will also praise you when you do good. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's like something that's very rare to find in a crew. And but be- okay, before I end, if you guys really need a house built or anything like that, Lux Design and Build, we're building houses. So <laughs> let Nate know. Shameless plug. <laughs> I didn't plan that, I promise. <laughs> he, he, uh, uh, we'll slip that bonus in your check next time. Uh, well, r- real quick, we'll just go ahead and round it out. Uh, I just want to thank everybody for the time being here. Um, this was just a really impactful conversation for me, and I know it will be for others. I keep constantly getting stopped by people saying like, hey, I'm enjoying the podcast, keep up the good work, etc. We're so humbled that you all choose to join us. We're so humbled that you're here with us. Thank you for joining us. And uh, Caden, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, yes, it was just a phenomenal conversation. And we look forward to the next time. Yes. Check us out on uh, Facebook at the Higher Points Podcast, Instagram at the Higher Points uh, Podcast. And then uh, our website is www.thehigherpoints.com. Uh, again, we are renting out the studio. If you wanted to like record music, record a podcast, anything like that, reach us, reach out to us on the contact page on our webpage. And with that being said, we'll catch up with you guys next time. Bye guys. Go out there and chase personal excellence and uh, be the change you want to be in the world. 